But I think one thing that I've faced is this very recurrent feeling of failure. I couldn't help but feel like my peers and classmates already had these deep critical thinking skills that I didn't develop yet. The most challenging part of grad school is grappling with who you are now and who you want to be in the future and figuring out the steps to get there. Welcome to another episode of Putnam Podcast. I'm your host, Naira, and today we have our co-host, Ali, a second-year graduate student in biomedical sciences at Rockefeller. Joanna, a third-year graduate student at Rockefeller. Nina, a recent graduate from Weill Cornell, and I have a master's in health policy and economics. Today, we will be briefly recapping a longer interview we conducted with Dr. Nathan Vanderford about the mental health crisis in graduate education and how to address it. Let's check out the problem first. As of fall 2019, there are 3.1 million students enrolled in post-baccalaureate schooling in the United States. This includes master's and doctoral students, as well as professional doctorates like law, medical, and dental school. In this episode, we will be addressing the mental health challenges faced by master's and doctoral students who earn their degrees by completing scientific research projects in any specific area of their interest. The nature of research is that you are actively studying something, like a disease or a process of any kind, and generating new knowledge about that thing. This process is repetitive, takes a long time, and is full of uncertainty. And as our co-host Ellie puts it, science fails nine times out of ten. And that one time out of ten is like the day that scientists live for. In addition to dealing with persistent failure, or what is actually called learning from an iterative process, graduate students also struggle in two major areas. Not getting enough support from or having a strained relationship with their thesis advisor, who is the expert that trains them to do science, and the perpetuation of an unhealthy work-life balance in academic culture. We'll delve more into these issues in a moment, but first, let's talk data. For a long time, it wasn't clear if the above issues were the cause for mental health struggles or if graduate students at baseline already struggled with mental health and being in grad school just made it worse. Although the answer still isn't clear, a publication in Nature Biotechnology released in 2018 was one of the first to show a correlation between the severity of the challenges graduate students face and their mental health status. The data showed that graduate students are, and I quote, more than six times as likely to experience depression and anxiety compared to the general population. In a survey of around 2,300 students, 40% have moderate to severe anxiety, and 56% of this group did not agree that they had good work-life balance. In the same group that experienced anxiety and depression, 50% did not agree that their thesis advisor provided them with real mentorship or gave them ample support in their training. This data reflects the struggle of the majority of graduate students, and today our co-hosts will offer a more nuanced account about what the most challenging part of graduate school is for them, and we'll discuss some solutions to these issues and some resources for you to check out at the end. Now, I'll hand it over to my co-host, Ellie, for what contributes to the mental health challenges in graduate school. And so 
One thing, just to kind of give a very brief overview of some of the mental health challenges that I have faced so far, even though I'm a pretty young graduate student, and so obviously my challenges may be different from those, well, just generally different, but also especially not representative of uh, the more experienced graduate students, for example. But I think one thing that I've faced is this feeling of failure, this very recurrent feeling of failure when experiments don't pan out. I mean, since I was a freshman in, in college, there I've been exposed to this frequent saying that science fails nine times out of ten. And that one time out of ten is like the day that scientists live for, essentially. And so knowing that, you know, in your job you have a 10% success rate is, is pretty daunting and kind of seems abstract until you actually live it. And I have lived through experiences where experiments don't pan out for months, even years. And so um, really just dealing with compartmentalizing as much as I can and distancing my personal value from the outcome of my experiment is one of the, the biggest challenges that I have faced. Nina, what is something that you have dealt with throughout your graduate studies pertaining to mental health? I think one of the hardest things for me was that everything was remote, for sure. Like, I'm a social person, and in undergrad, I loved popping into office hours. And I think that's much harder because, at least for me, I was still expected to do the same amount of coursework or even more because I didn't have the in-person experience, especially in the front of my degree. Like, we understand that maybe it's not as easy, and so we're always accessible. But I think sometimes there's the piece that really is lost in translation there when you're not in person. I think it helps so much when you can be and you can just like ask a question as it comes to you, right? You might sit through a lecture, you might have no questions whatsoever because it's like, okay, I understand what's happening in front of me. Whereas being in person, you guys might be writing something out or going through an equation together as might happen all the time in econometrics. And you're like, wait a second, I have a question about this. Or wait a second, I have a question about ICERs, something like that, where I think because you're just seeing it in a sense, you don't really think about it. Like you're not processing it the same way. And so I think that for me became kind of stressful at some points because it's like, oh my God, now I really have to go back. Do I know this as well as I think I do? Or like, again, scheduling those office hours sort of became difficult because in a world where everything is remote, you know, professors don't stop having meetings just because things are remote. In fact, people have less boundaries, unfortunately, now because everything can be remote now in a way that it wasn't before. So I think for me, that was a big stressor. But I also think that my program was really good about handling that personally. So Joanna, what's your experience been like? I guess the mental health struggle that I had the most, especially in the beginning of graduate school, was imposter syndrome. It's just this feeling of inadequacy. And I think it was especially hard because I didn't really have any expectation for how people were going to be like when I got to Rockefeller. But then when I did get to Rockefeller, I couldn't help but feel like a lot of the, uh, a lot of my peers and classmates were, you know, so much smarter than me or had like already had these really like deep critical thinking skills that I didn't develop yet. And so I think just comparing myself to other people around me was really difficult in the beginning of graduate school. But I think those kinds of feelings have kind of like gone down over time. You know, the, like once I was in an actual lab and once I started getting to know like my field and topic of interest more and more, that's when I felt more confident about the knowledge that I have and the types of skills that I have. 
I think for me, the most challenging part of grad school is grappling with who you are now and who you want to be in the future and figuring out the steps to get there. Uh, a lot of us talk about imposter syndrome or about just feeling really discouraged when you fail. Um, and you're even judging your, your failures, even though failure is an accepted part of the scientific process and the scientific method. We even think that because we're beginners, our failures, you know, aren't like the failures of the greats, you know? <laughs> they failed with purpose, right? We're failing because we made a useless mistake, etc. But I think uh, it is a consistent evolution of mindset that, that needs to happen so that when you do get to your future version of yourself, you can appreciate how far how far you've come. A lot of what makes it really hard is that it's a very long-term journey. So knowing that it's a 1% improvement every day and you know, just not forgetting the fact that if you just keep putting in daily work, that you'll get there, even though it seems out of reach, is, yeah, I would say the hardest part. So we've talked extensively about our collective experience as graduate students and how that contributes to mental health struggles. And now we'll offer some solutions that have worked for us. I really liked how Nathan talked about encouraging students to conduct informational interviews with people who are graduate students that are now doing a career path that they're interested in. Here's what he said about this in our full-length interview. And a lot of times people are like, well, nobody's going to talk to me. Nobody's going to want to talk to me. But the thing that we have to recognize is that if you have a PhD and you're out there, odds are you went through these same struggles, right? And so if you're sitting there in a consulting job as a PhD, you would love to talk to a second or third year graduate student who's contemplating going into consulting and share your knowledge about how you did it, what you should do to help get you set up to do it. And so people do. They love to, to help other graduate students. So another thing that I think is a very important piece of advice for graduate students that I have received over um, my time, both as an undergrad and a graduate student, is to make sure that you have a good work-life balance. I think a lot of the time, science has got us in the lab for, you know, more than eight hours for sure. And, and so making sure that you are doing things that are beneficial to your mental health is very important and as our later episodes will get into for sure this idea of self-care how does it help who does it help and specifically what is the extent to which self-care can help and so i don't know if you guys uh remember the stir that this paper created on twitter it is the bartlett et al 2021 paper where essentially they listed that 15 minutes of self-care as a treat is a good rule of thumb, essentially, for balancing school work-life balance as a graduate student. And I just want to say that you can take more than 15 minutes of self-care. I fully endorse that because that's just not that's just not enough, in, in my opinion. And so I think remembering that self-care is meant to benefit you and every single person is different, which means that self-care looks different for each and every single one of us. Well said, Ellie. I think a huge part of taking control of your mental health in graduate school is trying to control the external factors that contribute. So as we saw in the paper, your relationship with your scientific mentor takes a toll. The things that you may or may not get the chance to do outside of science also takes a toll. And I think making room 
for a life beyond science. Because if you think about it, grad school is only a fraction of your life is very, very critical. The first thing is that your scientific mentor is only a scientific mentor. They can be a professional mentor in the sense that they help you achieve some professional goals, but most likely they will only be within the scope of academia. And you have to accept that one mentor can't do everything. So fortunately, you have to go out and find multiple mentors that will help you develop your skills beyond science in multiple dimensions so that you're prepared for a career outside of academia or even inside academia, depending on what you're interested in. To hear the full episode with reflections from the senior author of this paper, Dr. Nathan Vanderford, check it out on our website at politicsunderthemicroscope.com. We explore mental health strategies more deeply in our next episode featuring Dr. Judith Zucker, an expert in graduate student mental health at Royal Cornell Medicine. So stay tuned.